What's up, YouTube? I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Channel. Well, it's the Biker Channel, but it's also the Biker Bar. And today, I am really stoked to have uh, a special guest, Andrew Taylor. He's uh, sponsored by Norco, Adidas, and a whole grocery shopping bag of bike parts of other companies as well. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and let him give himself a little, little intro. And what's up, Andrew? Yep, just uh, out here in North Dakota. I've been on a 48 state road trip for the past four months. And yeah, I think this is my 15th state. So yeah, psyched to tune in with Robert today and just uh, chat about, I guess, life and whatnot and what's been going on. And yeah. For sure. So um, when I first met Andrew, he, he was at an Orco event because he's sponsored by them. And oddly enough, he showed the fuck up. And uh, so uh, um, unfortunately, they put him in the campsite with me and Richard from Stickers. So that meant there were about to be copious amount of alcohol drank. And um, me thinking, you know, in all my years of wisdom and experience, I thought I had that shit pinned. But apparently... I had the drinking part down, but not the let's go climb up to 10,000 feet the next morning after three hours of sleep. So I, I got a little I got a little lesson sent to me that day. So um, outside of that, um, you are are like you just said, you're, you're touring around the United States in a you used to have a, a, a short bus converted short bus. We did a video on that about a year ago. What are you driving nowadays? Yeah, so I uh, I built that short bus and it was super awesome. I actually built it for a trip up to Alaska, and I just realized I really liked living on the road and out of like an RV style thing or a bus or whatnot. So yeah, I spent a whole entire summer in that school bus last year, and we had another film trip to go down to Mexico. So I needed to rent an RV, and I knew um, <clears throat> for since we had a bigger crew of filmers and more riders. I knew I wanted to get an RV myself, so I went ahead and just purchased like what I'm driving now, and it's a uh, it's a Coachman Prism. It's like a 25 foot RV with slide out a few beds for friends to join in along the way. And um, yeah, what you're calling nowadays friends? Friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, that truck fucks, man, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I've only had one friend meet me in four months, so maybe I don't have too many friends. <laughs> So what made you decide to go the RV route instead of the, the van life like everybody else? Well, I mean, van life is super awesome. You know, people that build out these extravagant, um, crazy sprinter vans. And for me personally, I didn't have a house to work on a new van. Like I built the whole school bus myself over about a year's worth of time. It took me a lot of work, but like, I wanted to do that again, but since the transition, I didn't have a house to actually like build out a Sprinter myself. I found a really killer deal on a new RV and it was set up with everything ready to go. So it kind of just streamlined everything into the next project. So yeah, I went that route and I'm actually super, super pumped on it just because I think someone was saying the other day, it's like people build out these Sprinters or you can just get an RV that's actually made to live in, you know? Like, yeah, I think the only only difference is that that the the RV compared to the Sprinter, like the Sprinter, maybe has a little more like because it, it's smaller, you can yeah. go different places or something like that. But I'm I, I'm assuming you're not you're not sleeping in like Walmart parking lots. So actually, I slept in a Walmart parking lot last night. <laughs> no, no. I actually, so you're I keeping it fucking classy, then, right? I'm super classy, but that's the thing, like. 
living in the RV and having all the amenities I need, sleeping in a Walmart parking lot doesn't feel like sleeping in a Walmart parking lot. Like I can roll up anywhere. Like I've slept like downtown in cities, like had too many beers, fell asleep right downtown, like no parking zones and like never even got a knock on the door. So I think, I don't know, like I don't get messed with too much in that thing. So yeah, I think it was a good route for me to go. Right on dude. So you're doing this project that is um, spawning from you, you being a professional rider. I had a, uh, another pro rider, you know, Jeff Lanowski, Lanowski. Yeah. Yeah. I had him on a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we were talking about, you know, different kinds of pros, you know, and, and he, he goes out and he does these, these like, you know, kind of demos of trials and stuff like that all over. And, you know, typically when somebody says pro, you think go out and like podium shit. So like you, 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 you did have like your run where you were doing a lot of racing and stuff like that. You, you did rampage a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah. So I started out like kind of or I basically started out dirt jumping competing. I never was really too much in the racing, maybe a year or so when I was like 14 or so, but yeah, started doing slope style events and kind of took off. And that's where I really got my start. Like podium won um, some slope style events back in the day, like podium, some like crankworks events. And then, um, yeah, that kind of went into doing a show called Drop-In, um, which was like living in a school bus. It was like a Canadian TV show um, years back. And yeah, from there, got some invites to go to Rampage and did that for a couple of years. And um, luckily, just, you know, being a part of um, Adidas, that company, they've been able to like support a lot of like adventure trips and kind of encourage their athletes to go and like, do these adventure trips so yeah i've been lucky enough to be able to do that for the last last uh, five years of my career rather so, than competing so you said you you were doing slope style stuff aren't you from santa rosa which is just north of, of san francisco yeah i am yeah i'm from santa rosa and when i was about 21 i moved down to santa cruz because there was just such a crazy scene of dirt jumping and like all the who's who was there everyone would go there in the winter time and ride so yeah ended up moving down there and being a part of that scene, which was like really good for me. And like, you know, have some of the greatest, like whatever memories from being there and all the epic like sessions going to post office jumps. So that's interesting. You know, I would have thought maybe you went towards Tahoe, which is for those people that aren't from the California area, like that's, you know, our, our mountains closer to, to where, where he's growing up. So what was it about Santa Cruz? Just, they just had the scene going on or, I mean, yeah. they have some fucking badass trails down there, and they have some. It's crazy. Uh, a lot of the trails back then were all illegal, but I think they still uh, are. Yeah, totally. It's it's so <laughs> some of the best riding in California is illegal, but just how it goes. But yeah, there's just a lot of the 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 slope style scene, the post office dirt jumps. It was like a huge thing, and there was a lot of people coming in in the winter times. People would be flying over from Europe renting houses and just living there and training. So it just became this Mecca for, I would say almost 10 years until the jumps got torn down because they were building on that property. But um, unfortunately, yeah, when those got torn down, the scene actually like kind of faded from that area. So but, how do you go, how, how do you go from like, I, I assume you start out like just some kid likes riding bikes, like, cause that's what fucking Americans do, right? And then you're like, oh, I'm going to jump off the curb. How do you go from that to fucking 
hitting these huge jumps. And I mean, like the, the picture that I, I posted on Instagram, I mean, that thing's probably 65 feet or some shit like that. <laughs> You're putting some Canadian tax on that for sure. Hey man, I'll fucking do it, dude. Because to me, like anything over, like hey, I jumped over that stick is fucking huge. So, yeah, no, I was like growing up, uh, had a bunch of my good friends. We kind of rode BMX yet, exactly going from hopping curbs to building little dirt jumps, and then um, we got this crazy idea when I was in like seventh, eighth grade or something to build a foam pit in my mom's backyard, and she was super down with it. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of construction going on <laughs> around our area in that time. So a lot of the wood that we constructed that thing with was definitely just like, you know, far <laughs> these construction sites and <laughs> yeah, just, you know, so like stuff like that. So yeah, the progression really like took off when we had that thing in the backyard. And then, um, yeah. What'd you, you use for the foam? Um, actually, so one of the high schools was getting rid of like, some uh some of their like jump pads you know so we used a couple of those and then we actually bought a bunch of random foam like you could buy like scrap foam from some place you just pick it up in a big bundle and it was basically yeah half-ass foam pit but it worked out good and then i ended up donating it to this local skate park called ramp rats that was in petaluma and it went on for i don't know i'd say another five years of use so that was pretty cool to see, see you know the progression happen there, and then yeah, just kind of taking it from that stuff to dirt and mulch jumps and all that. That's super cool. So at, at this point in your life, you're you're down in like Santa Cruz and and you're riding, and then all of a sudden like you, you're just competing and, and you start winning or like. Um, actually, so I didn't move to Santa Cruz till I was like 21. I was. I'd say like my breakout year was when I was like 19. I was competing on some like amateur slope style contest, like Harvest Huckfest up in Crank, like, like if you think it was after Crankworks, but uh, yeah, I went from doing that. Then um, I had a really solid year one year where I like won my first contest, the Tiva Mountain Games. And then the next couple of weeks I took second at Crankworks Colorado. And then, yeah. And then another podium at Highland and finished it off with Bear Claws and, so, so as like a, a young kid, I mean, you said you were 19, 20, like, how were you funding, like going around like that? Yeah. So actually like I grew up, we grew up pretty, uh, pretty broke. Like, like my mom was trying to raise four kids by herself. And, uh, I basically worked since I was like 14 to, to do whatever I could possibly do. And I was, I remember, yeah, whatever, a couple of random odd jobs going up through high school to fund myself getting to like different events and whatnot. And then, yeah, like after I had that breakout year, I guess the bike company I was riding for at the time was like versus they were a Bay area company that they're no longer around, but it was pretty cool. I had a good opportunity with them. They were sending me to these contests and um, yeah, I guess from there kind of started doing good and um spider this ski company i don't know if you you're aware like yeah i know who they are yeah so they started like a, a mountain bike line and after i won crankworks colorado like i'll never forget the marketing guy came up and he's like hey i'm i'm chad from spider and we're looking to get some athletes on our our clothing and i was like oh cool like what the hell is spider and then like later that evening i like look up spider and i'm like holy this is a huge company 
Yeah, that's kind of how I felt whenever I met you and we were standing in the parking lot. I'm like, hey, what's your name? You're like, oh, I'm Andrew Taylor. I'm like, oh, what do you do? You're like, uh, I ride bikes. And then a couple of minutes, like a little bit later, uh, Richard from Stickers is like, oh, dude, he, that's AT, man. He, he's freaking badass. You should you should Google him. And then I did, and I was like, wow, that's definitely not who I was. I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought it was that kid living in a bus. Right? I was like, what the fuck is that with this homeless guy, man? <laughs> At least he shaved then. <laughs> you got quite the little the, the, the beard going on there, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't had a haircut for a long time. And I'm just, I you know. Just I had a monster in. fucking lumberjack beard going on just, just about a week or so ago. But freaking, I got the shits of cleaning all my fucking food out of it. Every time I eat fucking wings or anything, like, it is just buried in there. I was like, I, I got I to gotta stop this. That's awesome. The wife said, "Get it, get it out of here." <laughs> she did actually. She was the reason I was keeping it because, like, when I, at first, like, usually I'll grow a beer and I'm like, oh, "I'm just fucking over it," and she's like, "No, I like it." And I was like, "Well, okay, I'm not gonna say no to that." You know, you can I can be lazy and not shave, and you're down with it. I'm I'm in. You know, <laughs> this guy fricks, right? <laughs> so you you can actually say fucks on this channel. Oh right? yeah, yeah. There, there's all, all the curse words are allowed here. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't really curse. I'm just. Oh yeah, not until you're drinking. So, <laughs> what, what are you drinking over there, by the way? I'm actually drinking uh, this outlaw, outlaw brewing. I I met up. I was in Montana for the last two weeks, and I went to Big Sky to ride. And I met this kid Taylor, who was badass, and he showed me around the mountain. And he's like, "Hey, dude, I I work at a brewery in the evenings. Come on down." And um, we went, checked it out ended up riding with him some more. And as I was leaving Montana, he just like filled my fridge full of this outlaw beer. So yeah. Hey, that works. So what state do you say you're in now? I'm in North Dakota. So how did this trip come together, man? Like you're, you're, you're like just sitting at home. You're like, I ain't got shit else to do. I want to ride bikes in every one of the lower 48. Well, I would have been sitting at home, but I don't have one. <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah. Basically like, Every year I feel like I try to come up with some like crazy scheme, like, oh, I want to do this and then see if I can get some support to do the project and whatnot. And, you know, like the first, the start of the, like being in a bus was going to Alaska. Like I always wanted to go to Alaska. So I did a month long trip up there and I was like, sweet, this is awesome. And then from there, the following year, I did a trip down to Mexico um, with Martin Soderstrom. He's like a slope style guy as well. And, um, just had had a good time, and then I was like, kind of like thinking, like, what's the next step? I don't want to get a house. I was having too much fun living on the road, and I was actually talking to my stepdad, and he had he he does these like touring trips on a motorcycle, and he was we were one night we were like drinking some beer, and he was just like telling me, hey, like like wouldn't it be cool? Like he want he always wanted to hit like all fifty states or forty eight states in a consecutive road trip, and I was like, man. Like I want, I should do that. I should try to ride my bike in all 48 states. And just like, at that time I was just getting into kind of making some videos for YouTube, but not really, didn't really have like a, a path of like what I wanted to do. So uh -huh. yeah, I just steamed up the idea. Like, man, I should just go to each state for about a week and meet up with cool random people and uh, try to just document it and, yeah, so how, how does that work for for like your your supporters like or are you 
traveling like with a film person or you have somebody that's editing for you or how, how's that work out? No, I'm actually, so I'm, I'm traveling solo. I've had one friend come and meet me that actually stayed in the RV, but a lot of the places that I choose to go are places where I either have friends already or people have been reaching out to me. I'm actually, right now I'm in North Dakota at a guy named Colin's house. He owns 701 bikes in uh, Bismarck and yeah, they just, um, they, him and his buddy Jesse reached out to me through Instagram after seeing one of my videos on YouTube and just, yeah, invited me over to like check out their trails. We just actually got off the river. We went fishing and caught a handful of fish and yeah, straight into it, straight into this. So yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been sweet, but yeah, back, I guess back to your question is, yeah, it's just been me though. So it's been wild, like so wild, like Filming, writing, driving, editing, and it's nonstop. And I'm only on state 15 and I'm having like such a blast. I'm like, yeah. Like last week I was only supposed to be in Montana for a week, but I saved for two. Yeah. It's just so good. And yeah, it's everyone I feel like everyone I've met up with on the road is so rad. And so you've been, you've been doing YouTube as well. And, uh, I uh, I know the answer to the question, but I want to ask it for the people. What what's the reason that you that you're doing YouTube? I mean, you're trying to like monetize that, or um, not at all. No, I just actually like when I started competing. Um, like I was saying, like with Adidas, they've always been all about me doing like film projects and like kind of adventure stuff. And um, I just saw it as a way, like as for this project, it's kind of it's such a long one for a year. I think it would be insane. I think I would go insane and whoever would have to live with me in an RV for a year would go insane to be filming it. Plus it's like, you know, I think trying to get a budget to do that would be really hard as well. So I was just like, well, how can I make this work? Like I love filming. I love learning new things. And like the whole editing side is like something new for me. So yeah, I just kind of like took it on myself to be like, well, I really want to travel the States it's got to make sense. I can't just go travel and not do anything. You know what I mean? As far as giving back to what my sponsors are giving me. So my so, idea was to create videos and yeah, hopefully get people stoked. What, what are you, what are you filming with? I know I've seen a bunch of drone shots and like what, what kind of drone are you using? What kind of cameras are you using? Yeah, I had a Phantom 4 and then I switched recently to the, like the Mavic Air just so I can carry it better. Yeah, I got one of those too. Yeah, yeah, I see it right behind. <laughs> yeah, thing's sweet. Like, yeah, apparently you're not supposed to land it in the dark when you're drunk because that'll break propellers. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I actually crashed mine in a tree last week, and it dropped like from 15 feet in the air. But she's good. Yeah, yeah, so is mine. Mine, mine was like, oh, I'm gonna get used to this life. <laughs> Surprise! Like the the Phantom Four that I had before, like I crashed that thing like must have been a dozen times and yeah it broke some blades but they're pretty sturdy yeah de definitely definitely um i mean I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna try not to put it to the test but more than likely knowing me and my big monkey ways it's it's gonna happen so what, what other cameras are you using yeah so i just recently um i started out with the sony a6000 which was awesome um like usually using that for all like the, the mic stuff like so it's like good audio and then i just upgraded to like an a6500 so i can shoot some slow-mo kind of like when i want to take the time to get some side shots from you know the trail 
And then I have a GoPro Hero 5 with a gimbal, and then I just got another gimbal with a Hero 6. Uh-huh. And basically my setup now, that way I can run one gimbal in the front and one gimbal in the back when I'm riding with multiple people, so I don't have to like... Because I like to do my edits where I splice between like forward and back shots and add some yeah, you do You do a lot of like really quick clips, and I, I like the way that you do that. It's not so... Uh... It's it's not like like the typical POV kind of style. You're you're not doing a lot of talking like like what I do, but yeah, um, I, I think it's really fun. I, I and your Instagram clips um, are fucking on point, dude. Like if it doesn't draw you in, I don't know what kind of person you are because like they're definitely like super cool and like you'll have like a little bit of the party, a little bit of the fun, a little bit of the riding. Like one minute you're on a boat and you guys are like doing a flip off the wake tower, and next thing. It, you're like, you know, doing a Superman over some jump, you know, it's like, that's pretty sick, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I think like, and I think it's just, yeah, it, I don't know. Like, it's definitely like what I'm stoked on doing. And I'm not really like, I guess I, this is like, what I'm trying to say is like, I want to do what I'm like really stoked on and not try to do something that, you know what I mean? What I should do per se, or what's, what's going to get get more people to be like stoked on what I'm doing. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is the way I want to do it. And if people are stoked, sick. Like, I think that's the best way, dude. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I think that's the only reason that my channel has had the, the, the small success that it's had is just go out, be who the fuck you are. And, and people, people real, like they can see that, you know, like they can see when somebody's like doing something, and they're driven by maybe marketing or the dollar or whatever. But when they see somebody has passion and that they're like, you know, real to who they are, I think at the end of the day, that's that's going to get you way farther no matter what. Totally. So out of the states that you've been in so far, you say you've been through fifteen this this so far yeah, on this trip. North Dakota is yeah the number fifteen. What's standing out to you so far that, that out of what you've done? Um. I mean, obviously, like Utah is always great, but I, I had been there and been to the spots that I went to, so it's kind of like it's hard. But um, as far as new states that I went to is like Jackson, Wyoming. Like Wyoming was a really cool state, just like checking out Yellowstone and then the riding at the Teton Pass. Like that was definitely a place I didn't want to leave. Um, and then Montana, like Montana really surprised me, like like all the sick bike parks. And I think a lot of this too is like, I'm obviously I don't have an endless time in each state. So I've got to like go in and figure out like the best stuff that I want to ride. And that makes sense, you know, cause I'm not going to go to the top of the state and then go to the bottom and then back over here. Um, but yeah, so Montana was really, really cool. And I think it, a lot of it too is like the connections that you make, the people that you meet along the way, like the riding could be insane, but if you don't have anyone that's cool to show you around or ride it with, it might not be as of a good time, you know. So yeah, definitely. Where? How did you? How did you come up with your route? Did you like plan that out ahead of time, or are you just like, Dude, like be, rolling dice you know, every time? I figured my route out one week before I left. Although I knew I was going to do this trip for six months, I was like stressing on it, and then I was like, perfect. Like I knew I had to be. So I've had to like I've had these like kind of like small like obligations of like i had to be up at like silver or i got to be up at silver star bike resort for Radfest, and i got like had to go to crankworks and then 
down to Norco's um, product launch. So that was, I knew that was in August. So I kind of had to figure out a route to go like through the States and then cut back up into Canada. And then now I've dropped back into Montana and starting to make my way towards the East coast, but it's actually worked out super well, I guess. So you were saying earlier that slope is slope style still what you're considering like is like your bread and butter. Uh, I, I have no idea, man. Maybe okay, well, put it this way then. Maybe the, I think my buddies laugh like I'm a lifestyle athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I ride everything like literally from downhill to enduro to cross like yesterday i rode some cross country tomorrow i'm gonna go ride a skate park like i still love to do slope style and tricks and progress myself love to throw like big tricks but i'm definitely not like opposed to going out for like a pedal on a cross country ride or or anything what what can you i think the main reason i was asking that is because i don't really know what slope style is what is slope style the slope style is like basically you're on like slope style contests basically is like you're on a, a big course. There's a bunch of jumps and drops and you're, there's probably about roughly like 20 to 30 riders you're competing against and you're get about two runs down the hill and you just got to do your best tricks. Like whether, you know, it's like a backflip tail up and you have to have the cleanest run down the hill and that's like how it's, how it's judged. So it's basically like those big monster dirt jumps that you just see. Yeah, big both. massive jumps where you're just throwing down like crazy tricks. How do you buy jeans for how big your fucking balls are, dude? I don't know, man. A lot of the slope style riders these days are wearing their sister's jeans, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently that doesn't matter then, right? I guess not. I hope that fad's almost gone, though. God, I hope so, too, because fucking a fat guy in skinny jeans does not look good. So... <laughs> Dude, we're going to see biker in skinny jeans pretty soon. Oh, God, that would be a fucking nightmare. I, I honestly don't even want to think about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So at this point, you're, 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 you're said, or you said that you're starting to head towards the East Coast, like which... Uh, what do you have your eyes on anything or yeah, you have like you said some commitments so. one of my buddies is flying in to meet me um he's uh the marketing guy at fsa um he's yeah just a super rad dude was a bmxer and then has ridden a lot of mountain bikes and he grew up in the upper peninsula of michigan so he's gonna meet me out there and um, when I'm arriving I keep hearing everyone's like oh man like the fall colors and actually like here in North Dakota the the colors are already they're changing so i think when i get to michigan in a couple of weeks like i hear like the upper peninsula is just insane and the trails are good so i'm super excited for that and then i'm kind of scared for the east coast because winter's coming and i gotta kind of like i gotta kind of pin it <laughs> yeah you gotta get up into the you probably need to like shoot up to like the uh like the the New England states and kind of get that dialed in and then work your way south, I would imagine. Yeah, my goal is to get it all done before the first or the the first snow that sticks, I say. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't well, and some of that stuff back east, I know, like I grew up in Pennsylvania and I mean, some a lot of those places, like it snows, but maybe the snow lasts a couple of days and then it's gone. But riding in like frozen conditions, not the greatest either, though. Yeah, my bones hurt when it's that cold. Too many crashes. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? You're Andrew Taylor, dude. You don't crash. 
Yeah. Obviously, I don't put the crashes in there. No, I do. <laughs> so where was that, you know, on your Instagram, which, by the way, is Andrew Taylor MTB, right? Yeah. So on your Instagram, you had this, like, drone shot. It was shot from above, and it was a whole map of the United States, and you were doing, like, BMX tricks or something like that on it. Where was that at? That was in Omaha, Nebraska. I was so stoked when I saw this. Like we were at the, like the state building in downtown Omaha and um, we were kind of just doing some like urban free ride, like messing around. And all of a sudden I saw this like huge, huge uh, like area in the center with a map of all of the counties of Nebraska. And oh, like, that's what it was. It wasn't the U.S. It was just Nebraska. It was just Nebraska, but it was all the counties. So I just, yeah, we set the drone up looking down and I just like did a, like a fakey 180 and I don't know how I did it like I'm surprised because I'm not that good at those things but I just was able to like 180 like ride backwards through the whole entire state and then I hopped out like right as it like whatever and yeah no th and that's the shit that I was talking about earlier when I was talking about your editing style like if I didn't know any better and I stumbled upon Andrew Taylor MTB Instagram I'd be like, oh, this dude's fucking traveling around. He's got a film crew and, and an editor working with him. Because that was like like perfect. Like it looked awesome. I've always actually, yeah, I've wondered because I guess I don't express it too much that I am the one doing all the filming and editing. Um, yeah, I wonder, like like you said, like you're, you're like, this guy might have a film crew with him. But yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun. Like it feels so good every every Friday morning when I upload a video, when I'm like racing to get it done. <laughs> oh, you, you ride for Norco. Which one of their bikes do you, do you ride the most? Um, I would, I would say it's a mix. Like I, I'm like, I, lately I've been on the arm a ton. Cause I've been in States with like mountain bike parks. And then I've been actually really liking the, the site 29er. I never thought I'd be a 29er guy, but yeah, that thing's so fun and fast on trails. And then, yeah, just their their hardtail, the rampage. I ride that quite a bit. I guess it, it really just depends, like where I'm at and what style of riding I'm doing. So you're still carrying around a bunch of bikes. You you have a couple of bikes. I think you have uh, a motocross bike too that you carry around with you, right? Yeah, I got the moto on the front, and then right now there's actually I have like six bikes on the back of my RV. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> and then. I, I noticed on your Instagram as far uh, as well as what you just said earlier, you're so I think you must enjoy fishing because I've seen a bunch of pictures of you fishing on Instagram and stuff. How'd you get into that? I, I would say that's like what I like. I don't know. Like when I'm not riding bikes, like I like definitely love fishing. I moved when I moved down to Santa Cruz, I moved in with Greg Watts. who's like another professional mountain biker, like first guy to ever do a double flip one crank work slope styles. And, all the nine yards, but him and I we were like, we need to get a hobby. I mean, I grew up fishing, but we're like, we need to get a hobby that we can do and not get hurt for when it's our off season. So we ended up buying a fishing boat and we did a lot of like ocean fishing when I lived down in Santa Cruz. So it's just been something, I don't know. I like it's chill. You go out, drink some beers and maybe catch some fish. But what's the, what's the, what's the fish that like, that you like the fish story that you have, like, the one that you caught that just blew your mind or was oh, it good? Man. I was down in Mexico like a handful of years ago. It was uh, like New Year's 
my ex-girlfriend, like her birthday was like the 31st of December. Mine was January 1st. So we went out the night before, partied pretty Wait a minute. Your birthday's fucking New Year's Day? Yeah. Guaranteed hangover every year. Every year, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, we were down there celebrating. I think we went to bed at four. We had to be on the boat by five. Got on, hooked like the first marlin of the year and that thing was like eight feet long like the marlin, they, they have like that big fin on the back don't the they and the big pokey beak yeah it yeah was, it kind of looks like a swordfish but like with a fucking huge fin on the back of it exactly yeah it was insane so that was that thing what's that how big was it i think it was like eight feet Holy i can't even remember shit. the exact way but it was huge yeah so that was that's yeah my my uh, my best fish story, I guess. There you go. So you said it was eight feet, so it was really like like three and a half. It was a baby. No, dude. If we put the Canadian tax, it was probably like ten. <laughs> right on, man. You know about the Canadian tax, right? It's like always back in the day, we'd be like, "How big's that drop?" Like, and you know, the kids would be like, "Oh yeah, it's ten feet." Like we call the Canadian tax. You just add a couple more feet, try to make it sound bigger and better. <laughs> Sounds good to me, dude. One of the things that you uh, said over and over again when we hung out the last time that stuck that I catch myself saying from that every now and then is, is like, uh, well, you know, somebody's offering you a beer and you're like, well, I had to drink it. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> It'd be rude not to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love that. So, so as it is right now, you're you're getting ready to head to the East Coast. Are there any other like big events that you got to hit along the way or that are probably kind of like your, your, no, your work that, stuff? No, that was like pretty much the last. Actually, that's a lie. I fly to California in five days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm actually flying back to go to Interbike. Um, yeah, I got a, got a couple of uh, meetings there and whatnot, just like figuring out some stuff. Oh, we should hook up, dude. I'm going to be up there with, uh, with Richard. Oh, sick. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm actually like, what day is it? I have... I don't even, my, my brain's fried. I'm flying in like Friday. I'll be up there till Monday. I'm not actually going. We were going to show up on Sunday and probably leave on like Tuesday. So oh, well, we're going to have to cross paths. Yeah. That, that'll be a good time. Won't be the, uh, the last time I'm hungover hanging out with Andrew Taylor. <laughs> Make it sound like I like to party or something. No, no, it's just me. I actually have a problem, but you know, the first, the first step on the road to recovery is admitting you have a problem. So once I've admitted it, now I'm on the road to recovery. I can just stay on that road for a long fucking time. <laughs> I got good gas mileage. So I'm, I'm drinking this uh, Track 7 Blood Transfusion IPA today. Kind of kind of tasty. I actually... Is that from your area? Yeah, yeah. It's local here to Sacramento. And it has that blood orange. It seems like a lot of breweries are doing that. When I first picked it up... I didn't think I was going to like it because I don't usually go for the the kind of fruity IPAs, but this one's actually like pre pretty good little blend. Yeah, I dig that stuff. Like the dish, I see the dish shoots on your wall, the fresh squeeze and the thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah there's some there's some good stuff back there. I remember like, half of them. <laughs> <laughs> you drank them all too fast. It, yeah, it's possible. I don't. I actually don't drink. I just carry a bunch of empty cans around, fill them up with water, and just make people think that that's what I do. So, so um, let, let's see here. I'm, I'm struggling for just a second. 
thinking of something. What um what was it like uh, when you did Rampage? Was was Rampage out before that, or were you like one of, in the first years that they started that? I uh, actually I was like no because the first years they did it like I can't even remember how many years they did it consecutively, and then they stopped for a while, and then I was like in the era of when like they brought it back. Um, so when, but it, when when you went down there for that event, like had you ridden that kind of stuff before? Yeah. So actually, so the way I got an invite is I was I was down, I was that year I think I was telling you about that I I did. My best year that I did the slope style events and whatnot. Then I, I got invited to go on this drop-in show where we traveled in a school bus for three months, um, and one of our stops was like Virgin, Utah, like where with the old Rampage site. And back then, like a lot of people, I guess, weren't doing like backflips off drops yet. And I don't know, I was like really young and dumb, and just thought it would be sick to flip off this one of these drops that was in the beginning rampage days so i like built a lip off of it i think i was in a half shell helmet with no pads on and just <laughs> and landed it and after that i remember like getting actually like getting like an email from like the rampage people like hey we saw this like you want to ride this year we're bringing it back and that's kind of how i got invited into doing that sort of thing so basically all you have to do is like completely risk your life and then then you can get into rampage <laughs> if they think your screw is that loose in your head then yeah they're like here's my guy <laughs> so what was it like to like compete in an event like that where you're just like i mean that's like highly produced kind of event as far as like there's a lot of coverage compared to i mean i guess crankworks is getting big like that too and like some what is like are you nervous on something like that? Or are you just like, hey, here's another day on the fucking bike? I mean, like now that I'm not competing anymore, um, like looking back, obviously, like it's so easy to say, yeah, like every event I ever did, like, and I think any slope style or big mountain free rider doing contests would be lying if they said they weren't scared before because, yeah, that stuff's gnarly. It's like going out to battle. <laughs> like, it's like, we're all right, today's fucking, we're going to war, you know? Like, with the mountain and basically uh, i think like when i was doing rampage like my mindset was like i wanted to do cool stuff and build a cool line but i also wanted to like walk away like you know it was always at the end of the season when i did it and like i, I don't know i was stoked to be there and stoked to like be a part of that but at the same time it's like i didn't want to risk like sending a flip off an 80 foot drop or something like yeah how how have you had a, a a bad wreck in your career yet? Um, I've had a handful of bad wrecks, but uh, like knock on wood, I yeah, I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that fucking jinxes you, <laughs> right? Yeah, I haven't broken many like any bones, but I had a shoulder. I had to get my shoulder rebuilt, um, which because of like I think I dislocated it like twenty times or so. But just 20 I, times. I mean, not like Travis, Travis Pastrana times, but 20 is good. <laughs> you know, like it buffed out. I got a new one and it has been solid. <laughs> Love it. How long did that put you out? Um, I remember that was a big decision. I was always like, man, if I get this surgery, I'm going to have to take a half a year off. Like what are my sponsors are going to think about that? But um, I ended up getting to the point where I just had to do it. 
So it took, I'd say I did it right after the last contest of the year. I think it took me seven months to fully recover. So it was almost, almost full season off my bike. How did you uh, deal with the emotional side of that? Cause I know like for me, like I'm, I'm obviously not a fucking pro rider, but if I don't have that, what I call, you know, the single track therapy, I, I, I get moody and I get depressed and like, cause it, it's a big part of like who you are. Like what oh, did yeah. you go through that while you were in that recovery stage? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I was like, the thing was, is I was like, it was about two months until I could get on a road bike. Like I could go road bike, but it was like, it was a, a solid six months until I could actually go like chuck a Superman off a jump, you know, and feel comfortable about it. But, that, but that's awesome. Cause I, I had like a, a, an AC separation on my shoulder and it was six months until I got on my mountain bike again. I'm glad that it was that short of a time until you're chucking a fucking Superman. Thanks a lot for making me feel like I have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, how do I follow up to Robert having a vagina? I don't know. Picture me in skinny jeans. <laughs> no, I was like, I already thought you had one. <laughs> right? Well, you know, <laughs> you did ride with me before. Never mind. <laughs> no, man, that weekend we met was awesome. That was a good time. That sure. was a good time. I think I think Norco has another one coming up here soon. So maybe maybe you're, are you coming out this year? I wish. Yeah, I made it to the last year's one, but this will be just kind of with this thing. I've had so many um, things I've just had to pass up on. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's understandable, man. Like I mean, you're getting married. Like I couldn't make it because I was on a. No, that's a lie. I would. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll definitely be at next year's. Right on, man. So, what are your? Um, a lot of my subscribers are here in in the Bay Area, uh, or when I say here, I mean us NorCal peeps. What were what were your like go to spots that you liked riding around around the NorCal? I would say like growing up in Santa Rosa, I remember like um, there's an area called Carlmont that's like kind of like, I want to say it's it's south of San Francisco by like 30 minutes. But I remember going down there and riding quite a bit before I like figured out the whole Santa Cruz scene. But yeah, there and then obviously summertime going up to Tahoe, North Star and all those like trails and whatnot around there. So in Santa Rosa, you, you, you grew up like doing like Annandale and like Montgomery exactly. and stuff like that? Luckily, I grew up like right across the street from uh, Annandale. So that was actually how I kind of really got into mountain biking. And they had some races going on up there that I joined in on when I was younger. And, um, you want to you explain the, the Tamarancho or I'm sorry, the the um, the trail system there in Annandale? Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's just you know, nothing like there's not like super crazy huge descents, but you can go out and you can put a full day of riding in out there and see tons of different trails. There's lakes to swim in. Um, I think it's a good pay to play place. You know, they have, you know, like what I call like pay to play, like you'll put in a three or four mile climb and you'll get a three or four mile descent, you know, and it's, it's got a, a, a good, like a real uh, rocky terrain. Dude, kind of, like, a lot of, a lot of baby heads on the trail and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I think one of the trails called the Refco. Like yeah, yeah. And then I think the the big popular ones are like North and South Burma and stuff like that. That actually reminds me, you know, Annadale got got um got kind of fucked up in those fires. Was your family and uh, like impacted by that or any of your friends or anything like that? A couple of years ago, for those of you that don't know, Santa Rosa and Napa 
had some some really big fires that kind of devastated this the city yeah it's pretty wild i remember actually that was uh the day i bought my rv in sacramento i drove back to santa rosa that night i was parked out in front of my parents house and i woke up I had a road trip to Oregon the next day and I woke up really early in the morning as I was supposed to, to get on the road. And dude, there was like chaos in the town. I'm like looking around like what the hell is going on? And yeah, sure enough, there's just the whole hillside of the towns on fire, just craziness. And I like, luckily my parents' house was on the, the, the opposite end of town that burnt down. But a lot of kids that I grew up with at their houses, their their family, their parents, they lost their homes and stuff. So that's pretty wild, like going back and seeing it all. And, and Yeah, I saw some drone fit, footage uh, of Santa Rosa after everything happened. I mean, it, it looked like freaking like Nagasaki or something. I mean, the whole city was like just burned to the ground. It, it's kind yeah, of crazy. You hear about fires, but you don't imagine them that just ripping through a town. You know what I mean? It's like. Well, the thing that was weird was like you would see like one side of the street is like burned to the ground, and then like across the street is like, you know, it still looks like the freaking, you know, yeah. like, you know, I don't, I don't know, like the perfect little city of a pleasant, Pleasantville or something like that, you know? But yeah, but across the street, yeah, yeah, like right on the other side of the street, like how does I don't even understand? Like it's hard for me to. Well, I remember waking up that night, like just like the wind was just howling, like. So I imagine it was just going in every which direction, just pushing it back and forth. Pretty wild. Yeah, that's definitely really cool to see that community come together. Like I haven't been there much like since I've been back a handful of times to visit family, but it's really cool going back and like hearing stories and seeing like all the communities like come together and really like helped people out and like they're rebuilding stuff super fast. And I don't know. Sometimes stuff like that's super devastating, but then I think it like grounds people to a point where, I don't know, you realize there's like way bigger or way less. Yeah, no, I think that's one of those things that definitely, you know, it, def it sadly enough, it takes a, uh, a, a fucking catastrophe to actually make you feel like you like kind of like set your yourself like a little straight, you know, and realize, holy shit, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm, I'm why am I being pissed off about my, my latte taking 10 minutes, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you had done um, a few events as well in the background and in, in your, in your past as well, like that you were doing your own event planning and stuff like that. I've been trying to build this event in Downeyville, the, the biker event and the last couple of years has been getting bigger and bigger and I'd love to like be able to grow it to be something like how Sedona has. And what what kind of uh, advice would you give somebody like me to, to be trying to, to do that? Um, yeah, like, yeah, I did started out doing just a bike event in the Bay Area just because I feel like even for Slope Style, even in the US, there's just not that many events. And at that time when I started, there was um, a couple one guy, uh, Darren Bearcloth in Canada, was doing his own event. Um, and I think Paul Bassigodia was doing his own event in, like, the Reno area. But So, yeah, I just wanted to do my own event. It was super fun. It's another thing, it's, like, a lot of work, but it's really rewarding when it goes down because you see people who are psyched and just giving – I don't know. I feel like it was, like, giving back, like, trying to, like, you know, make another contest for kids that wanted to come and try to, like, you know, prove themselves and 
whatnot. But I would definitely say the event world is it's a lot of work and and can be really fun, but it can also just rain on your parade. <laughs> was that something that you did? Like you set that up with the city or like you just kind of like call it yeah, out? How, how did you go about it? Yeah, the first one was at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, and I just teamed up with a buddy of mine, um, Phil from Ride SFO. He was already doing his um, bike swap expo. So, um, yeah, we just came up with the idea, like, it'd be cool to have, like, kind of a main main event, like, dirt jump event um, at the, the show. So we ended up teaming up and doing that for a few years. And then um, I think it's two, two years ago now that I, I stopped doing the event for a little while. It was, like, it's really hard to get funding for stuff like that i mean like just to be straightforward and honest like to get the amount of money you need to do it the right way is really hard so i stopped doing it for a couple years and then i decided that i wanted to do it again but i wanted to do it in my hometown and it was actually really cool because i ended up building a pump track for the city and i made a lot of connections with the city um during that build and then um realized that i could get some like kind of like tourism money towards an event so they helped me out a bit so um yeah a couple so years how did, how did you approach the city on something like that you're just like hey i'm this 20 year old guy that likes riding bikes and uh, you know like I, I don't know how like what what, what means do you go about doing that totally well there's like a you know like a the, the department that deals with all the tourism stuff and it basically like went to them and saying, Hey, like, I'm going to do this event. This is how many people I expect to have at my event. This is how many people like we expect to stay for the weekend. And like, if you can kind of prove to the, to the cities, like you're going to bring in tourism, um, tourists pay into like a hotel tax. Like when you go get a hotel room, like you're paying money for your hotel room, but there's also an additional tax tourism tax that goes into a fund that the city can decide what they want to use it for. So that's how I was able to be like, okay, like I'm proving like we're going to fill the, they call it beds, heads in beds or something like how, like if you can prove that you're going to like fill this like amount of hotel rooms there, you're, you're generating the city some money. So in return, they're willing to help you. And that was basically really cool and getting, yeah, getting them behind it, just knowing the city was there. They, they did a lot of like cool random stuff that they didn't have to. So, um, yeah, props to Santa Rosa for like being on board with bike stuff and helping out. But yeah, and then obviously all my other sponsors helped out, and I kind of took a gamble at the point though that I wanted to do it. Uh, how big was the event? I mean, was there like a thousand people there? Was there fucking? Well, yes, yeah, so that was a thing. Like like the Chris Beck Arena where we did it holds two thousand people, um, and we were expecting to sell out the stadium, but it rained all day on the day of the event like okay. non-stop we had to cancel it so we were able to actually like get it like move to the very next day to sunday but at that point it was kind of like really rough so i think we had around 800 people still showed up to the event oh that's cool though yeah it was it was really awesome to see people still come up but it was just really hard knowing like how much work and how like i literally it took me like six months of planning and preparation like dealing with the city, the fire department, like all the rental, like tractors, everything. And to see all the effort that went into it for like a one day thing that got rained out, it was just like, like took the wind out of my sails. Yeah, no, I can totally understand. I mean, I, I my event is, is very small compared to that, you know, but 
I think, you know, last year we probably had 60 or so people at the campground and who knows how many people that were riding that day, probably another, you know, I would assume at least another maybe hundred people that were riding just because of us being up there. And um, it takes a lot of effort, you know, even just like reaching out to different sponsors and vendors and like, hey, you know, we want to give away some swag and explaining about, you know, what that's going to do for people and how that's going to, you know, like help their brand. And, you know, at the other end of it, you, you, you're giving this stuff away, you know, and people are just like, oh, yeah, free goose, sweet. You know, and you're like, no, dude, like that, that actually took a lot of my time. <laughs> yeah, to line up. Exactly. Yeah. But it's cool when there's people like you, like trying to make stuff like that happen. It's like, you know, that's the thing, you know, I, and I, I said this on some of my other videos and definitely to other people that have met me, you know, like this basically Downeyville started because like I was always just going up there for my birthday weekend. We would always, my buddies, we'd go up and we'd fucking camp and have a good time. And uh, once I started the channel, I was like, I'm, well, I guess I have more friends now, you know? And, and uh, so the first year I did it, you know, and, and it was, you know, maybe 15 people there and probably half of them were my friends. And then, like I said, last, last year, we were probably up around 60 or so. And I, I expected to keep growing, but last year, like, standing there in the campground and like seeing all these fucking people that came and were having a good time like it was seriously like it was like a little emotional for me i was like wow this is fucking crazy seeing this come together man that's so awesome yeah like see all your effort come to come together yeah totally so what how how does how is um how how do you get that like feeling from what you're doing right now like traveling around the u.s um, yeah, I mean, like literally, I'm not gonna lie when I'm gonna it's it's been a shit ton of work, but it's work that I love, so I really like doing it. And the way that gets me stoked is when I run into people like like last week in Montana, I ran into two different people at the resort that said like they're watching the videos I'm making and they're super stoked. And like literally, like when people watch the videos and they are like, hey, man, like that's awesome. Keep going, like I'm stoked to watch your adventure unfold. And like, that's why I'm like, I'm like, all right, like uh, what I'm doing is like, you know, like people are getting stoked on it. And I just want to get people stoked to like get out and adventure and ride bikes and just kind of like, I don't know, have a good time. So your, your YouTube channel is, is just search Andrew Taylor, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. think you have like a, a, a unique URL for it at this point. You, you just hit the thousand marks. So you should be able to do that. So I think it actually, yeah, I think it's like youtube.com and then, like my like slash my name andrew taylor yeah. just andrew taylor fucking a <laughs> who's that dude so what what is uh um when i talked to jeff lenowski he, he was like man i i had been like this pro rider been in the like industry for like 20 years i started this youtube channel i thought i was just gonna blow the fuck up and he's like holy shit it takes a lot of effort to actually do like what has it that surprised you about youtube compared to like maybe what you thought about it before you, you started trying to have a channel. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I've been doing like, like film trips since I can remember like the last like 10, 15 years and making all these videos, but all the videos, they would always go on to like, say my sponsors, video players, you know what I mean? Rather than having my own channel where I was putting everything. So part of me is like, man, I wish I would have started sooner 
but now that I, yeah, I'm just starting like later in my career to do this whole like YouTube thing. It's been kind of fun, just like a learning process, like of how everything works and like, you know what I mean? I still actually like don't even know much about it. I know that I put videos online and hopefully people like have a good time watching them, but yeah, it is interesting, I guess, like putting that much time and effort and then you're like, well, like sweet, that video got 10 views, sweet. <laughs> so what do you, what do you, do you to film and edit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous amount of time, you know, it definitely gives you uh, respect for the guys that have the huge channels. You're, you're just impressed by, you know, how they got there. And I think it goes for anything in life. I mean, you have to put the work in. None of it is easy. You know, and it's really easy to look at the other guy and, and be like, oh, well, he was here earlier. That's It was easier then, you know? And it's like, no, it's not. Like, the only way you become successful at anything is fucking busting your ass. Totally. You know? Especially, it's, I think it's awesome. Like, like I, when I say it's a lot of work, like, it, it's something that I'm so passionate and I love doing, like, I get so psyched when I get these like insane shots. Like I like, I'm like, I can't wait to edit this stuff. And yeah, it's like literally like seven, like I feel like I'm doing stuff seven days a week and then it's right into the next seven days a week for the next state. You know what I mean? But I love it. So it's not, it's not like, yeah. So how do you deal with not like, like for me, it's really hard to, like once I start getting like too much footage to edit, it gets like, it gets like, I get anxiety about it. Like Dude. when you're writing like all the time, like you are like, how are you not like just burying the footage? So I was in Montana and I had 160 gigs of footage to go through. Like 160, it took me <laughs> three days to edit that video. Like it was insane, but I'm learning at the same time, like it's not about an abundance of footage. It's about the right shots. Yeah. And it becomes more fun when you're just thinking a bit more and just getting the right shots. Cause then you can actually enjoy the ride as much, you know, as when you're not filming. Like, I mean, I can go out and ride a lot and then get the key shots. Cause you know, this trip's also about just me enjoying it, meeting people and riding and, and sometimes I, I almost feel bad when I'm like, hey, guys, can we stop and get a shot? But at the same time, a lot of people, they know what I'm doing and they're super pumped to be a part of it and, and like and help. I think, I think that that's the thing is like when I first started my channel, I, I found out like who didn't want to be part of that, that, that adventure. And and at the end of the day, for me, it was like, you know what? Look this is what I'm doing and you guys are my friends and either you guys are going to be part of that and you're going to be like my friends because of that or not because of that, but like you're going to accept that as like part of the deal, you know, or then you're not the right guy I want to ride with. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, yeah, I'm always trying to be like super upfront with people. I'm like, Hey, like I'm so pumped to like meet up and ride. But at the same time, I love to film and, and, and document it all. So like if you're on board then, and most people are, but I've definitely had some people like, you know, you can tell they're like, all right, like. Yeah, they don't want to wait for you to change the battery. They don't want to like, hey, let's not walk up that hill and do this three more times or, you know, it's like, but but to me, like that's part of the fun. That's part of the adventure that totally. makes it's it exciting. Time to like mellow out and hang out and talk when you're on the trails, you know what I mean? You know, it definitely makes you pay attention to what's around you more. 
Um, one thing that I noticed, you know, before I filmed, you know, there was a lot of times that I never stopped, you know, and, and, and having to change a battery on the side of the trail is like, you take that moment to look around and you're like, Oh shit, it's, it's fucking beautiful here. Like, this is actually pretty badass that I actually have the op opportunity to be sitting here right now. Yeah. You know? And then you have the footage to look back and if you ever want to, you know, like, yeah. That was one of the things when I started my channel, I always said, like, if it went nowhere, the worst case scenario is I documented my life, you know? Exactly. So, um, what, what, um, so you're thinking you're going up in, into the, the, probably into towards New England. Is there anything like in particular that's got your, your, like your headset on? I don't know. I've heard Vermont's pretty cool. Like I've been to, um, New Hampshire for like the Highland Highland Bike Park. I've been there quite a few. Oh yeah, I've heard Highland a bunch. Oh, and there's some other YouTubers that that film up there a bunch. I think uh, Gene from Regular Guy Mountain Biking goes up there a lot. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that place will be fun. And I I haven't been on the East Coast much, so I'm excited for it all. I I have no idea what to expect. I kind of just been taking this whole thing week by week, like. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think every the thing that's that's really interesting is like, if, you know, I, I was it you? No, there was somebody else we had a conversation with on the trail once, and it was like these like you know kind of stupid freaking things that people say that are like blatantly obvious, and one of them is like every trail is different, and it's like it, it sounds so like cliche to say, but it's like every place is really different and it's like such a different ride. It's so hard to compare one place to another because of like how, like what, what in, encompasses that difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, like, yeah, okay. You could go somewhere like Tahoe, for example, and you have these like beautiful views and these descents that are like maybe super long, but it's also like super sandy. So it's not like it's like when you're in Santa Cruz, for example, and you, you got have these super trail. short descents, but they're fucking sick as hell. You know, it's like, just like, but maybe the dirt's really good, but now you gotta like, you know, these quick ass climbs again, or like I, I recently was in, in Bend and I've ridden in Oregon before, but in Portland and over there, like the ground is like tacky and like always wet-ish. And, and when I was in, Canada, yeah. yeah and ben reminded me a lot of tahoe like the way i was explaining it to people when i was there it was like i feel like tahoe and sedona had a baby you know yeah, and right. that's not what i would have expected in being in, in the pnw you know so yeah it's an interesting area and it's it's actually pretty interesting to me i was thinking about it. like a lot of like professional mountain bikers have moved to bend um over the like the last five ten years and i it's interesting because i'm not saying anything bad about the riding in bend but i definitely think there's places with a lot better riding yeah you know and sometimes it's better riding but sometimes it's the community too i mean like exactly. uh and, and, like, and it, it is such a cool area like it's beautiful it's just interesting as far as like the the riding aspect of like going up to bachelor like you're riding on like all this like just like volcanic rock like i know it's like hard for them to like pack trails in and stuff which is just like you know every trail's different right right i mean it's but i mean it's really like how the city embraces that you know and yeah. 
I think that's what Sedona did well. You know, they had a bunch of illegal trail makers and they turned it into like, it's probably a good part of their, their like tourism every year. Oh, and yeah. I think that, that's what Ben's doing. There's definitely a lot of, of mountain bike companies up there now. I did, when I went up there, I was going up to, to meet up with uh, Jake from Project 321 and it just like unfolded in front of me like there was like, oh, this company's there, this company's there, this company's there. And it, oh, it all of a sudden turned into, wow, I don't have enough time to even visit everybody that I want to see, you know? And um, Did I see, did you go by and check out, um, what's that gimbal company from there? Yeah, yeah, I was there. I actually did stop and see Evo. Oh, nice. I, I stopped and I saw Kushcore uh, as well. They're there. And I visited with Night Composites. They do carbon wheels. And um, then also Project 321. They used to be out of Fresno, a, a hub company, but um, they moved up there and good shit, man. And the riding was fun. Honestly, I ended up booking up so much time going to talk to companies that I only had like one day to ride. So it was fun to ride. And was, I'm actually, I really look forward to getting back up there and actually being able to experience a little bit more of the city. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. Like, I feel like, I wonder, I think I must've been there maybe, maybe a few weeks before you, I think. Oh, really? We just missed each other, huh? Yeah. I must've just missed you, but yeah, it was kind of same deal. Like I only had a couple of days and the writings, I don't know. It, it's, it's sweet. Like bachelor was awesome. And then I just know, I think like later summer when probably we're both there, like later summer and stuff starts getting a lot drier, but I'm yeah, sure. it's kind of blown out. I'm sure that place is like Tahoe if you hit it in the spring. Yeah, probably. like colder seasons are probably like super dialed in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, but it was still like, it was a good time. I definitely, definitely didn't. didn't yeah, that look. river through town's awesome. Yeah. Um, are you planning on going, oh shit, I just forgot the name of the city. It's in Arkansas um, oh, where Walmart Benton. is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Bentonville? Bentonville, yeah. And you planning on hitting that up? Hundred percent, yeah. I'm actually really excited to hit that up. That's I've definitely been. a city that's taken freaking mountain biking and embraced the fuck out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, you know, you would think, you know, like when you, you hear the, the like Walmart, you don't necessarily think of them funding a mountain bike mecca, but apparently they are. Yeah, it sounds like one of like I I don't know the actual story, but like someone that's part of that family, one of the sons or something, is like really into mountain biking so has done a lot to like embrace it and turn yeah turn that area into a mountain bike mecca so you're out here you're you're making these videos you're doing youtube you got your instagram channel going on what what kind of things is it that that you want to do outside of that and and fishing what, what else do you do for fun um basically just dirt bike ride bikes how'd you get in, how did you get into the the dirt bike stuff uh just like i mean i think i i've had a dirt bike the last like 10 years or so just like love to go trail riding i don't get too crazy on it actually like a dirt bike's the way that i learned how to superman though like just because it was super big and heavy like it was stable in the air uh -huh. so, i don't know i feel like like you can you can actually like learn tricks on moto pretty easy because it's so stable but uh, some guys know. that are you know real comfortable in the air like that, they come from moto. So you actually went the other way around, huh? Uh, just for like, I think actually just that trick in particular. But no, yeah. but I mean like like you, you were a mountain biker and doing that kind of big stuff on bikes, and yeah. then 
up moto a lot of times it, guys go the other way like yeah, they started moto, on moto yeah. and then and then get into mountain biking later yeah i think yeah if i was finally at a point where i could like even just afford to get one you know it's not like they're not cheap and um yeah but i love it it's super fun like so you guys did you did a trip down to mexico what'd you do when you were in mexico yeah we drove i drove down with like martin Soderstrom. we did um we did a trip it was two weeks roughly from Sandy started in San Diego and drove all the way to Cabo San Lucas and just kind of just adventured, tried to pick out spots. It was pretty wild just trying to like go to places where there's no one around and you heard about a little bit of bike riding. And then, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but super fun. It was like maybe not the, the best riding trip I've ever been on as far as the actual bike riding, but just the adventure, you know, going into a different country that you're like, you're not really like, you don't know what's going on too much. You're like, it could be sketchy, but it could be good. But do you speak Spanish? No, nah, like, no. hola, senor. No. You know how to get like uno cerveza, por favor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about it. But how do you man, say, where, where is the donkey show? How do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's a donkey show? Right? <laughs> really, Robert? Can you? Right? Uh, Lane, what I told my lady that that was one of my life goals, like my bucket list things, was to see a donkey show. And she's like, I don't know why I'm with you. <laughs> well, if you ever go to Thailand, check out the ping pong show. That was my other thing that I told her. I followed it up with the, the donkey show. And she was like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then I was like, she wanted to go to Thailand. I was like, sweet, I can see a ping pong ball show. And she's like, I don't even want to ask what that is. It's not even just ping pongs, man. <laughs> I did bring I did bring my ex girlfriend though, and it was pretty hilarious. You I saw think, the ping pong ball show with your ex girlfriend. Yeah, we. I was with my stepbrother and buddy too, and uh, yeah, we brought her in, and yeah, it was <laughs> very very interesting. I had a a buddy that um, went to a, a a sex show in in Amsterdam when I I used to live in Germany, and he ended up getting a dildo strapped on his head and pulled up on stage. That was interesting. So. <laughs> Weird shit happens when you ask for it, right? <laughs> there's, there's some real weird people in this world, but I know, man. I just fucking like to keep walking on by. I don't want to see any of that shit. So um, you went. Also, you said you wanted to go to Alaska for a long time, and you put that trip together. What was it that intrigued you about Alaska? Oh, just the final frontier, you know, just the the place that seems so like far out there, and just like just straight wilderness outdoorsy like i don't know i just was always intrigued by alaska and so was there like some particular like trails or anything that you knew of or you're just like i'm gonna go up there and freaking just ask locals or how, how, what kind of research did you do for that yeah like i had gotten got in touch with some locals and did some um did some research and got like for one zone in healy we had a guide that has guided like people that go do film trips up there and then it's crazy how, like obviously alaska's gigantic but like actual like real like built trails there's it's like few and far so a lot of the stuff we did was actually like we did a heli drop out in the middle of nowhere where we just rode like like unridden terrain probably that like no one's ever touched stuff like that so that was like you're basically like here's a gps that's the city i need to get to and I'm going to get there, whichever line looks good. <laughs> exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. What kind of bike do you take for that? 
Um, I rode my like like all mountain enduro bike, like a one sixty travel, like with a dropper post. So something that I could like climb, but still something that I could like do a solid descent. So yeah, like my uh, Norco range was definitely a like solid bike for there. What's uh what's your I don't know if you have a tire sponsor, so it, yeah, let me know if you do or you don't. Do you do you have a tire sponsor? Yeah, Kenda. So it, it, I would assume then, what's your your favorite tire by them? Um, for that type of stuff, like the Nevagols, Nevagol. Uh, that used to be my favorite tire, man, for a long time. I, the only reason I stopped riding it was because like the rolling resistance was hard to climb with, but descent wise, man, that thing like like really really hooks up well. Yeah, totally. That's yeah, a good tire. They've been. It's really cool to see what Kenda's been doing. They've been developing like a lot of like new tires lately for their downhill teams, and they've definitely stepped up their game a lot. So they're just. It's funny. Like they're just. Before I was even riding for them, I was buying Kenda tires. You know, it just they always made this tire called the Small Block Eight that I loved for dirt jumping and slope style because it's like really lightweight and fast rolling. But a lot yeah, of I tried that tire for me and it was fucking a shit show, but it yeah. makes sense for what you're using. Like for me though, like it rolled so fast that I was picking up speed like super quick, but whenever I would come into corners, I didn't, I, I couldn't break with it, you know, like, cause obviously I got a fair amount of mass coming with me. Hard, hard pack, like dirt style drive. I mean, I even ride that at skate parks, like. You know what I mean? It's just a good all around, like for that type of stuff, but not for going out in like crazy, whatever Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. I read, I read, I read some guys that were writing reviews that must have weighed like 140 and uh, they let let me a stride. Or read my review? No. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) What, um, what, what do you think about, um, the 29 or 27.5 plus or 27.5 you were talking earlier that you never thought you would be a 29er guy like what was it that that held you back from it i mean not i wouldn't say the only thing that would maybe like like hold me back per se is like i guess coming from the jumping background i like to be more like like agile on my bike i like to throw it around i like to do like you know tricks and whatnot so having a bigger wheel doesn't really give me any advantage but now that i'm riding a lot more trail bikes and everything like jumping on a 29er i'm able to just like smash stuff faster and pump stuff harder and like literally like i actually like i love riding that 29er it's insane like you can pump stuff and push so hard so yeah it's been really cool i always you know like i i started bmx when i was younger and and i think you know one of the reasons that i held on to my 26 inch wheel for so long was because i enjoyed that flickability and i always felt like the 29er kind of i feel like it picks its lines a little bit like you you have to like it's like you negotiate with it like you're like it's like hey this is the line i want to take and you're like okay i'll do that with you you know and whereas like the 20 27.5 like you still have that Flickability of the the twenty six inch wheel, but but you get to still choose your lines, you know, and that's that's why. I mean, I haven't I haven't ridden a twenty nine er that I'm like in love with yet, but oddly enough, I've ridden a couple of twenty seven five plus, and I really like them, and yeah. it's similar almost in 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 you know circumference, but for some reason I, I don't know. I think it's because of the additional grip, and I'm a big guy, 
Like yeah. that makes up for the lack of maybe being able to steer as well. I, do you feel like you lose some steering with the 29er? It's just slower. Yeah. 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 You have to, I think, I think if I rode one for like a month straight, I wouldn't notice it anymore, but being a guy that's, you know, riding a bike, like I even ride my frame size down a size than what I should. Cause I yeah. like that flickable, like kind of feeling. It's same. Yeah. Like, yeah. Funny. You can kind of like pop it underneath you and move it around real easy. And, and whenever I get on a 29er, I just, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have that. And it makes me feel uncomfortable, you know? You notice like, um, like when you do double tail whips, like riding a smaller frame, like it's a bit easier for you. Yeah, totally. That's what I was thinking. Double <laughs> tail whips with the like over easy eggs. I do those too. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me sweat. Just think about it, dude. Double tail whips. This fucking guy. <laughs> So um, I think, you know, I know you had some, some time restraints. I don't want to keep you on too long. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, like I'm super actually pumped that you asked me to do this and been psyched ever since I met you. Just like, like just such a funny character. And <laughs> I'm not a fucking character, man. Quite <laughs> the character, bud. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm actually, you know, on my road trip right now. I'm in North Dakota, and I met some awesome people. They took me riding last night. Um, took me fishing today. Helped me work on some bikes. So we got back from fishing straight into this. So I didn't want to, um, you know, no, sit, no, no, sit That's on the funny. computer for hours on end. But I actually am really stoked that you, uh, yeah, invited no, me. No. And I, I, I really appreciate that you took the time to, to come on here and, and hang out with me. Is there anybody on the chat that has anything they want to ask Andrew before we wrap it up? I'm going to throw that out there right now. There's another 30, 40 some people that are sitting out. Um, in the meantime, what has, um, what, what was the most like, like thing that like you had the most anxiety about doing in your biking career? Like, was it some race or some event that you put together or, you know, just something simple, like the first time you, you did a backflip or what was that? What was it? That's like, that's a really good question. Man. It's probably riding up to Friel's point after drinking all night long with biker. That's a, that's yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. I mean, obviously like, yeah, right. Like riding rampage, that was always like a huge, like so much anxiety, like so much. Like I just want to walk away from this weekend, like alive. And a lot of contests. Like I actually got to the point where I would tell my buddies, like I don't think I'm gonna ride tomorrow. Like I don't think I can do it. And then the day would come, and I would just like all of a sudden be like, all right, here I got to do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And then I would do it, and then I would land my run, and I'd be like, that was so sick. Like. But I go from the point of being like, I don't think I want to ride. Like, I think I want to just back out. Like, and then always like doing it. But yeah, it's it's anxiety. Yeah, no, I, I totally. That's the funny thing about mountain biking, you know. Like you, like even for me, you know, you like go do like after work ride, and you get to the trail, and you're like, fuck this, man. It's fucking <laughs> hot. I've been at work all day. I'm fucking over this shit. Like, let's just let's just fucking park here in the parking lot. We'll just drink the beer in the cooler and say we rode, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you get out and you ride. And even if it's a shitty ride, even if it's a short ride, you know, even if it's a grueler, like you get done and you're like, man, that was that, sick. 
Yeah. That's why I fucking do this. That that's right. I, I remember now. You know, you ever, you, when you're riding, do you ever get those moments where you just all of a sudden it like hits you and you just start you look around a lot more than you normally are and you just start smiling like, dude, this stuff is legit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just yeah, like, no, definitely. I think there's those places like I think Tahoe lends to that a lot for me because the views up there are just amazing and. You know, I, I grew up riding bike in Pennsylvania and, you know, the Appalachian Mountains, quote, like air quote mountains, are they're like fucking foothills compared to what we have in California, you know? And so, like, for me, the first time that I'm, I'm riding a mountain bike on a trail, like, for instance, when we did Friel, and it's like, here's the highest mountain bike trail that you can legally ride in Tahoe. It's like 10,000 fucking feet. Like this is mountain biking. You know what I mean? Like, like this is mountain biking. And like, you're looking down and you're seeing, you know, 4,000 feet uh, 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 of elevation loss down to the lake. And you're like, this is fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> right. I don't even care if I, and I, and I honestly had this while I was going up that hill. I was like, I don't care if I have to walk up this entire fucking hill. This is worth me being here right now. Like, this is just amazing. Like I'm so lucky to have this. You know, hundred percent, man. I love those moments where you just can like sit back and reflect, even if it's like as you're pinning it down and just like like look around and be like, man, life's pretty pretty awesome. You know, yeah, the, 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 it definitely you know the downhill part definitely makes the uh, the pain go away. You know, <laughs> like everything that you you fucking put in sweat equity wise to get right. there, you're like, oh, yeah, this is worth it. This is totally worth it. Hey man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Anybody that's that's watching this on on YouTube right now, definitely go check him out. His uh, youtube.com slash user a taylor5252. What's the 5252 mean? That's the pin to my debit card. The pin oh, sweet. My debit card. Yeah. So if you uh, find me, <laughs> take my wallet. That's how you get my cash. <laughs> And then uh, your Instagram is Andrew Taylor MTB. So, um, dude, I, I really, really am stoked that you're out here. I want everybody else to know if you're um, if you're not aware at this point, the biker bar is every Sunday at 5 p.m. PST, and it's also on Apple Play or Apple whatever the fuck Apple iTunes podcast. What that shit's called? Google. It's on SoundCloud. However. Next Sunday, I'm going to be at Interbike, hopefully drinking with this guy. And uh, so there won't be a biker bar next week. Let's make that a thing. Unless for some reason there's some miraculous way that I can come up with doing one in the hotel or something like that. But I'm, I'm assuming at this point, no biker, biker bar next week. But the week after, we will be right back in, in into the swing of things. Thanks again, Andrew Taylor, man. You're, you're fucking awesome, dude. I can't wait till uh, we, we get together. and uh, Yeah, as well. And I think... Uh, I'm pretty sure you should probably come meet me on my uh, journey through the States for a handful of days so we can get after, make some videos, drink some beers. So Yeah, dude, if you can talk to Adidas and tell him that you want to fund the fat guy to come hang out with you for a few <laughs> fucking in, dude. <laughs> dude. Hey, guys. Go ahead. Sounds like a plan. All right. Hey, guys, I want you all to know it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get the fuck out and be one, bitches. <laughs>